0: Marty Williams is a college and seminary friend of mine. Marty is the pastor of a church in Las Vegas now, and during the time that we met at Mississippi State, Marty told me about his upbringing and his family. Marty's mom and dad are great people. They're incredible people. Marty's dad retired from the United States Postal Service after about 35 years of working with them, and now he is... uh, he did not want to just retire, so he works at Kroger in Clinton. He sacks groceries and goes out and gets the carts. He's worked at Kroger now for about 20 more years and is just about to get a second pension, first from the government and now from Kroger. I have, every time I go down to Clinton, I always stop to see Marty's dad at Kroger, and I have watched people swap lines so that they can get in the line where he is sacking the groceries because he's great with kids and, Hey, buddy, how you doing? Boom. And so they do that kind of thing, and so he they're just great, great people. But during Marty's upbringing, Marty's mom and dad were very strict about Sundays. And so after church on Sunday evenings... Marty wanted to go with his friends to to Pizza Hut and eat with his friends. And Marty's parents said, No, if Christians would not go to these places on Sundays, then those people could go to church. And so we're not going to do anything that causes people to have to work on Sundays so that they can go to church with their families. And week after week after week, Marty would say, well, they're going to be open anyway. Can I just please go with my friends to, to Pizza Hut on Sunday nights? I go to church with you. Can I go with, with my friends to Pizza Hut on Sunday nights? And Marty's parents would say, no. We're not going to do anything that causes people to work on Sundays. Because if they didn't have to work on Sunday, they could go to church with their families. So Marty was fighting a losing battle. One Sunday afternoon, they came in from their morning service, ate a big family meal together, and then Marty's dad settled into his recliner, and Marty stretched out on the couch, and they started watching an NFL football game. And Marty said, Dad? Are those people working? Marty went to Pizza Hut that night with his friends. (laughs) Because his dad was not going to give up Sunday afternoon football. And if those people were working, then the people at Pizza Hut could work too. But that question does leave us with some thoughts about what does God mean When he gave us the command to honor the Sabbath day. We have ten different commandments that God gave to his people, the children of Israel, as they exited Egypt and started marching toward the promised land. We know the commandments, you shall not have any God before me. You shall not make any graven images. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The Sabbath day is the fourth commandment. You shall honor your mother and father, you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, and you shall not covet. Those are the ten big commandments. When Jesus rose from the dead, the early Christians stopped making their day of worship Saturday. They said Jesus rose on the first day of the week, Sunday, And so, we want to gather for worship on Sunday. But when the church started gathering on Sundays instead of Saturdays, did that decision eliminate the principle of rest that God gave in the commandment about honoring the Sabbath day? I don't think so. And so I want us to spend some time this morning looking together at what God said, explain what it meant to the people who first heard this principle, and then see some applications for us. Would you open your Bibles, please, to Exodus chapter 20? Exodus is the second book of the Bible, so it's very easy to find. You get to Genesis, and then you just go one more book. And right here in the beginning of Exodus, right here in the beginning of the Bible, God was forming this nation and he was enacting his redemptive purposes. God, God said, hey, I am, I am doing something. I am moving towards some specific events in history. And those events in history are going to culminate with a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. One of you, one of you Jewish people is going to be the Messiah who will save the world. He will die on a cross for the sins of all people. And then he will rise again on the third day. I think it's important for us as Christians to understand That the cross wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't something that God said, well, plan A didn't work, and so now I need to, to come up with something else. All along, God had intended for Jesus to come to this earth and then to give his life as a ransom for sins. And then rise again so that he could make us new creatures. But God wasn't to that point yet. He was just at a point of forming a nation that would be his people, and he gave them this code of conduct. Read with me, please, beginning in verse 8 of Exodus chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath. That's what the word literally means, Sabbath, the way that we would say seventh, that is Sabbath. The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, you, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock, or the resident alien who is within your gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the, and the earth, the sea, and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy." What do these ancient words mean for us? Well, I think that we need to understand that the Sabbath day has a dual nature to it. First, God did say here, this is a Sabbath day. You see in verse 10, the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It is a recognition that we are under God's sovereignty. Our, our setting aside time for decompression, for, for um, ceasing our weekly activities, that is a recognition. This Sabbath day is a recognition that God is in charge of our lives. That's part of the nature of the Sabbath. But if you read over in the New Testament in Mark chapter 2, Jesus added some interpretation to this commandment. He said, look, God did not make the Sabbath day, so that or, or God did not create man so that we would observe the Sabbath day. God did not say, hey, I have a seventh day and I want people to recognize it and honor it. Therefore, I must create mankind so that they can observe and honor the Sabbath day. Jesus said... No, we've got that order reversed. God is the one who created human beings. He built us. He wired us. He knows how we are made. And so he made the Sabbath for us so that we could decompress, recharge, and be ready for new assignments. And so the Sabbath is a day unto the Lord. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But it is also a day that God created specifically Because as the human beings that we are, we were not meant to run constantly. We were meant to have periods of rest. So with that in mind, let me talk about this idea. First, the Sabbath, the rest, life is more pleasurable for us when we have Sabbath rest in it. When we continue to run, when we continue to find free space in our schedules and say, well, something else can go in there, eventually we get to a point where life no longer is enjoyable. God put this principle in uh, of resting because he knew that life is more pleasurable when there are periods of rest. Now, we see this in all areas of life. For example, if you have a copy of the Bible that you are looking at, you can see on mine here, if you don't have your own copy, you see that the ink doesn't go from the very top part of the page all the way to the edge and all the way down. What are these areas here around the, the text called? Margins. They're called margins. In fact, when we put words up on the screen for the songs, we don't feel just, Alan, just somebody, just put any song up there that we sang. You see, we didn't start at the very top and go, I love you, Lord, or your mercy never fails me all my day." We didn't say, well, economically, we could, we could get by with, with more words on the screen and, and do fewer slides. And the reason is because if something were written that way, then, then our eyes would have trouble comprehending it, bring it. It would bother us because we need space. Music also has periods where there are rests in the music. The music doesn't just constantly drive. When I get up to, to go to the YMCA in the morning, sometimes if I need a little extra push to get through, maybe I had a late night the night before, I, I kind of get up and get going with Eye of the Tiger from the Rocky movies. That was my high school inspiration for getting into the peak physical condition I'm in now. You know that song, though. It goes, dun, 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 It doesn't go. It doesn't keep going because the rests in there make the music more impactful. Having a spot in there where there's some anticipation gives more impact to that. The same is true in life. When we look at our calendars and do not see any space, Life is less pleasurable. And God knew what He was doing when He commanded us to cease activity. God did not give it as a suggestion, He did not say, I think it's a good idea. God commanded us to cease activity. Because life is more pleasurable that way. If the other nine commandments were broken as blatantly as the fourth commandment, there would be scandal in the church. If adultery, stealing, lying, were as rampant as a lack of rest. Not a person would come through the doors because they would say, that's just a bunch of hypocrites. God did not say, you create margins in your life as a suggestion. He gave it as a commandment. And life is more pleasurable when we do it. But second... Life also is more manageable when we do what God says. The more we pile on ourselves, the less effective we are at everything else. The the more that we squeeze into the spare moments, well, here's another activity, here's another group, here's something else that I could do. Here's another way that our family could do something the more that we squeeze in, eventually we become like the circus act who's spinning all of the plates and one begins to wobble and you have to go back and and get it spinning again. Now, it's been a long time since anybody has been to the circus probably, so let me give you something that you may do every week. When you pull into your carport, garage, or driveway and you have just come from the grocery store, It would not surprise me if the majority of people in this room say I'm only making one trip from the car to the house. And so you start gathering bags and sliding them up here and you start gathering and you've got the the 40 bottles of water and you say, okay, I'm going to get there. And then you get to the door and and you start trying to figure out a way to get inside because everything is just mashed in on you. Life would be more manageable for most of us if we were to say, some of these things can go. I don't have to be moving every minute. Every every day doesn't have to be obligated to something. Life is more manageable when we do exactly what God said and cease activity. Life also is more reverent when we cease our activities. The Sabbath is a principle. It's more than just a day. The Sabbath is a principle that says God commanded me to cease activity. And even though I do have some things that I could be doing, I choose not to do them because I'm under God's authority. And so since He commanded me not to have every moment filled, not to burn the candle at both ends, not to say I constantly have to be doing something, our conscious decision to say, God, I am not, I'm saying no to that. And the reason that I'm saying no to it is not because I don't think it would be enjoyable, not because I don't think it would be fun, not because I I don't think it might be helpful. I'm saying no to that because you told me to set aside time in my schedule where I cease activity. And that's the only reason I'm saying no. When we make conscious decisions to say no to some things so that our minds, body, spirit can decompress. What we are saying in that decision is, God, I know that you know what you're doing. And you told me to do this. And so that's what I'm doing. I have a friend from my college days, too. In fact, she and, she and I were partners on a summer missionary team out to the Pacific Northwest. And her pastor, she she grew up in New Albany at Hillcrest Baptist Church. And her pastor preached a series of sermons on the Ten Commandments. And Temple really got convicted by, by this sermon on the Sabbath day. And so the decision that she made was, on Sundays, I won't do any laundry or homework. She was in college at Ole Miss at the time. And so she said on Sundays, I'm not going to do any laundry or, or, or homework. And her, because her pastor had made this point. she said, for mo, The pastor said, for most people, the only difference in Sunday and other days is that they just don't go to work, but they go to church. And every other minute of the, of the day is just as full, just as tiring, just as busy, just as hectic as every other day. And the pastor said, that's not what God intended. He did not intend for us to say, okay, we got that hour in church and come on, let's go. We've got other things to do. Let's go, 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 go. And so she said, so, so my decision, she, she said, I'm not saying that everybody has to do that. But in order for my life, Temple said, to be more reverent, I'm making that decision. Well, this message is one in a series of next steps. How do we press on? What are the next steps for us in our relationship with God? So I don't want to simply give just a theoretical, hey, we need to, we need to observe Sabbath rest. I'd like to give you some, some ways that you might think about this first we need to observe Sabbath. And by Sabbath, I'm talking about rest. We need to observe that regularly. This commandment given by God here is once every seven days, not when you think you need it, not when, it, not when you feel really tired. Once every seven days, God said, you cease everything else that you're doing. Don't work in the fields. Don't let your animals work. Don't work the way you do the other six days do it regularly whether you think you need to or not we do that with our automobiles you take your car for oil changes every three thousand or five thousand whatever the record. you don't say well i'm only taking my car in when there's a, when i have a wreck or an accident that they'll just do it all then You take your car in for maintenance regularly, even if nothing is wrong with the car. You don't don't say, well, you know what, I don't think you do. You don't say, I don't hear any noise. I know the oil hasn't been changed in 30,000 miles, but I'll just keep right on going. You go in regularly whether you think you need to or not. same principle is true for Sabbath rest. We do it regularly, even when we say, you know, I'm really not that tired right now. I don't think I'm doing too much. We do it regularly because that's what God said. There are times also that we observe Sabbath extensively. In addition to this commandment to set aside one day a week, if you know much about the Old Testament, you may remember that God said... Every 50th year, you you are to observe a jubilee. And that whole year, you're not to work. That whole year will be a reset for society. You're not to grow any crops in the fields. I will make sure in the 49th year that your harvests come in so, so extravagant that you'll have enough for the fifth year. If anybody owes a debt, then, then in that year, they are released. God said it needs to be a whole reset for society. We do the same thing in in our work schedules. Most people, or some people, I would think probably most, work Monday to Friday, and then they get Saturday and Sunday off. That is a weekend. But you still have vacation days too, don't you? There are periods when you say, hey, not only am I going to be off on the weekend." I'm going to, to be off this whole week. I'm going to, to go down to Florida, or I, we're going to see family in, in Pennsylvania. And, and in addition to your work saying you get every weekend off, they also give you periods because they know you just need time away. In fact, sometimes you have to take two weeks of vacation, vacation consecutively. The second week is to get over the first week. When you've been out, you say, hey, I nearly killed my kids. We thought about leaving them down there. We have to take a second week off to recover. God did the exact same with the Jewish people. He said, hey, one day a week, that is where I want you to start. But every 50th year, really decompress. And so we obviously probably cannot take off a whole year or something like that. But there are periods when we need to say, God, more than just this one day, I need some, some extended time. So that my body, my mind, my spirit can recharge and be ready for all that you want to do in me and through me. So we observe the Sabbath regularly. We do it extensively with some extra time. And then third... We do it momentarily. The principle of rest isn't, isn't meant to be a legalistic, hey, don't do anything on this one day. Don't go to Pizza Hut on Sundays. The principle of rest is for our hearts to be calm and at peace, even when everything else is hectic. I love that passage from Mark chapter 4 with, with all of the ministry demands that were going on Jesus went down to the bottom of the boat and he took him out. And then in Matthew chapter 11, he made this incredible invitation. He said, all you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. Even when our bodies are working, even when our minds are churning, a heart that is centered on Jesus Christ still can experience rest during those times. You know the principle of your, the battery in your automobile. Your battery is a source of energy, right? But do you know that the entire time that your car is running, the battery is charging? when your engine is moving that that battery is is taking the motion and it is it is getting charged up and so we can have the same principle at work in our lives even when we can't say god i'm even when we can't say god i'm taking off today we still with a with a heart in tune with god can say lord you recharge me even during this hectic time that i'm in right now Now, I don't know how those ideas will work specifically for you, but let me give you two questions that might get you started on how to apply this Sabbath rest principle. The first question is a more easy one. Maybe you individually or you as a family could ask, how could Sundays be different for us? What are some ways that we could make Sunday different from every other day of the week other than just going to church that morning. If we get to the end of the day just as tired, just as angry with each other, then then nothing has really been accomplished. So, So maybe start with asking, how could Sunday be different for me? How could Sunday be different for our family? Different from the other six days. And then to broaden that question, maybe you could ask, maybe we could ask, how could my life be different? Are there some things, are there some obligations that I have that I really need to let go of? If I, if I were to do an honest assessment of, of how I spend my day Do I I find myself frazzled, irritable, exhausted, burning the candle at both ends, needlessly? And perhaps some of those things could be removed so that life could be more pleasurable, manageable, and reverent. Now, the only way that we can experience real rest is by having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And as I said at the beginning of the message, God, who was forming this nation at this point, was marching toward a day when Jesus would swing the gates of heaven wide open and say, Whosoever will may come. And so perhaps there are people here today that need to take a first step in responding to the good news of Jesus I recognize that the majority of us in this room are professing followers of Jesus Christ. And maybe you wouldn't like prayer or guidance about in this area of Sabbath rest, how can I take a next step? How can we take a next step so that we can honor God in in an area that he thought was so important he included it in the Ten Commandments. And if God has spoken to you in any way, I'll be available as we sing this song together.